Welcome to Apostle Tournament's podcast, where we delve deep into the teachings of the Word and explore the ways of the Spirit. If you are a believer hungry for more of God and seeking to grow in your faith, then you are at the right place. Apostle Tony Mensah carries a mantle for prayer, intercession and revival that set him apart as the resident minister at the Pentecost International Worship Center, Atomic. He has dedicated his life to helping people connect with God and fulfilling their purpose in life. In this podcast, Apostle Tony Mensah will teach us how to pray with power and walk in the Spirit. He will also equip us to be effective witnesses for Christ in our daily lives. So, whether you are a seasoned believer or just starting out on your spiritual journey, get ready to be challenged, inspired, and transformed by these powerful teachings. This podcast is your opportunity to discover how you too can be repos- You see, the challenge is that Sometimes we get so busy that we cannot even give him our lives. And you realize that in conventions like this where we remember his manifestation on the universe just to die for mankind, throughout the week we don't even have much time because we get so much busy and work for Pharaoh. And when you work for Pharaoh, you don't have time. But this morning, I thank God you are here and I am here. I am bringing my life to him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I just want to read a a short text in Luke. Let's read it together. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. Then I will share a short word with you. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through to 12. Let's us read together. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I will bring you good news. I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all people. Verse eleven. Today look at the friend and say today. Look at the friend and say today. Today. Look at him again and say today. Today. Say it is right today. Right today. Hold your neighbor's hand and tell him that it is today. It is today. Come on, shout today. Today. Let's continue. One, two. Today. In the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Say he's born to you. You see, I like the narrative of Luke. You see, Luke was an historian, so he wrote well. So he said, he's not been born to the world, but he is born to you. In this service, may you personalize Christ. Yes. <laughs> personalize him. Let's read it again. I love the best level. I love the, just the best level. Let's read it again. One, two. Today in the Tower of David, a savior has been born to you. The Messiah, the Lord. Verse 12, the last verse. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Let's read it again. This will be a sign to you. Look at the fellow and say, I need a sign. I need a sign. To identify my Savior. Tell him again, I need a sign. To know that he has been born. Let's let's try to wrap it up. One, two. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying 
the manger. May God bless the reading of his word. Shall we be seated in heavenly places? You see, the apostle Luke presents to us the unadulterated word of God as it was announced to the shepherds in antiquity. And today, when you read what the angel told the shepherds in antiquity, you realize that it has the same impact for us. And so this morning, the next few minutes, I humbly want to implore you, beloved in the Lord, to come with me as we explore and try to understand the writings of the Apostle Luke, the historian. But you see, I've said it here before. That when it comes to the birth of Christ, when it comes to the, I've said it here before, I don't remember when, but I said it. When it comes to the birth of Christ, even our friends, the Muslims, they believe that Mary was a virgin. And they believe that Mary conceived and gave birth to Jesus. It is in the Quran. Okay, so if you read Surah 19, 20 to 21, he says that Mary said, how can a boy be born to me when no man has even touched me? Nor have I, or have I ever been unchaste? Verse 21 of, 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 of Surah 19 says, The angel said, Thus shall it be. Your Lord says, It is for me. And we shall do so in order to make him a sign for mankind and a mercy from us. This has been decreed according to the Quran. So look at the friend and say, even the Quran said that the birth of Christ was decreed. Look at your friend and tell him that the birth of Jesus was decreed by God. I didn't hear you. Say it again. Hold the hand and say that the birth of Christ, according to the Quran, was decreed by God. So you see, the, 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 a lot of religions even believe that Mary was a virgin, and they believe that Mary conceived without a man, and they believe that Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ. No wonder when you even take a, when you read throughout the Quran from page to page, when you read from front to back, you would realize that. The name Jesus is even far, far, far more mentioned in the Quran than even uh, Muhammad himself. Hallelujah. And so this morning, I want you to take solace in the fact that your Lord, Jesus Christ, he is the Messiah. And he was born for you. Amen. Oh, amen. But the angel said to, to them, to the, to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth. According to the King James, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. Now, on Thursday, Justice Chaba for the justice to the verse 12, he explained to us, beloved, those of you who couldn't make it, he explained to us that the sign was very, very important. The sign that the angel gave to the shepherds. Because you see, 
Luke was writing history. What Luke, Luke was actually presenting history. So one writer, A.T. Pearson, says that his, his, his history is his story. So you realize that anytime you are talking about the Messiah, you can't talk about him without going to history. And so Luke began by saying that, Luke began by saying in his writing that, and it came to pass. He said, and it came to pass. He began in Luke chapter number 2 verse 1. He, he said, he said, Luke said, Luke said, I'm trying to look for it. I'm trying to look for it. Yes. He said, okay, can I get Luke chapter 2 verse 1? Luke chapter 2 verse 1. How Luke began his writing. He said, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And you see, the Romans, in those days, there was, the Romans see theology and politics to be the same. The Romans did not differentiate between politics and theology. And so, words like son of God, words like savior of the world, actually emanated during the Roman rule. So, and Caesar was known as the son of God. And Augustus Caesar, who was the son of Julius Caesar himself, Caesar, Julius Caesar was a god. He called himself a god. And Augustus Caesar called himself the son of God. And so he was seen to be the savior of Rome, the savior of the world. And so when he heard that another savior has been born, but this one is the Messiah, and he is the Lord, he was troubled. The Bible said that he was troubled with all Jerusalem with him. Now the reason why... Matthew reported that all Jerusalem were troubled with Caesar was that the Jews knew that if another savior has been born then our life will not going to get better because when the Roman understood that if you are getting a savior then we are going to give you more omniscious and more you know threatening treatment and so the Bible said both Caesar Herod and then the, and the whole of Jerusalem were in trouble because another savior has been born and the angel was interested because he wanted the the shepherd to know how to identify this particular savior who is the lord and who is the messiah and so he said you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and jesse chaba for explained on thursday that the swaddling cloth is not meant for babies in fact the swaddling cloth has nothing to do with babies in fact in biblical times and in the days of Jesus. You see, when a sheep gives birth, when a sheep gives birth, what the shepherd does and what the high priest, the priest would do is that when this particular sheep is going to be used for sacrifice in the temple of Moses, then that particular sheep will have to be wrapped with swaddling cloth. The reason why they wrap that particular baby sheep in the swaddling cloth is to prevent the sheep from any blemishes and from any skin diseases and anything that will contaminate the, 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 the vitality and the energy of that particular sheep. And so when Jesus was born, being the, the lamp of God, he was wrapped with the same swaddling cloth. So the swaddling cloth 
tells us that he was not just a human being, but he was the lamp of God. Behold the lamp of God, which take away the sins of the world before the foundations of the earth. And so, Jesse Chaba, I'm just trying to recap what Jesse Chaba said. I've not started. I'm just trying to recap what he said. And so he explained that the swaddling cloth meant that Jesus was born. When he was wrapped with swaddling cloth, it means that the shepherd, Joseph, was preparing him for the slaughter. They were preparing him to be sacrificed for the mankind. I mean, for the sins of the man, of mankind. And in the same way, he was also laid in a manger. Now, the manger is a rock. It's actually caved out from a rock. And it would use it as a trunk where they put water in for the sheep to drink in their stable, in their pen. And so, when Jesus, being the rock of all ages, when he was born, he, was, he has nowhere to lay his head. So he says somewhere in the gospel, in Luke chapter 9, that the son of man has no place to lay his head. In fact, all his life, he never owned a house. All his life, he never slept in an air condition because anywhere he slept belonged to the woman or belonged to the man. He had no place to lay his head because when he was born he would lay in a manger he loved to lay in rock so the swaddling cloth was for his beginning and the rock was for his end and so right the day he was born he began his mission and he completed his mission right the day he was born he took away the sins of the world and he on the cross of calvary and then he was laid in the grave which was a rock how can you lay the rock of all ages in a rock how can you place me the son of the rock man in a rock before you put me in a rock i will already come out because the whole rock belongs to me so jesus laid in a rock which talks about the tomb the tomb of Joseph the Arimathea. And the Bible said that, see, when he was laid in the rock, he was already out. Because you can't, you can't lay him in a rock. He is the rock himself. Lift your hand and say, I believe in his name. Come on, I didn't hear you say, I believe in his name. And so he was wrapped with swaddling clothes and then lay in a manger. Praise the Lord. The swaddling cloth is a cloth for those who are being prepared to be sacrificed. It is a cloth of humiliation. It is a cloth of shame. It is a cloth that people look down upon you. Everybody who sees a sheep in that swaddling cloth know that he is going to die. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And because of that lowly estate that he took, the father had no option but to also glorify him the same day. And so, you see, everything happened the same day. And so, the Bible said, immediately was born and laid in the manger. Shepherds were in the field, keeping over their keeping over their flock by night. They were minding their own business. They have been to that place all this while. They go there and come. They go there with their sheep and come. But that particular night, the Bible said that when they were there, suddenly a light came from heaven and dawned upon them. And the, and the angel of the Lord said, and said, the Bible said they were so afraid. The King James said they were so afraid. The NIV said that, and they were afraid. But the angel said, do not be afraid. Now, touch your neighbor and say, do not be afraid. Come on, come on, touch him again and say, do not be afraid. Come on, tell me. And the angel said, do not be afraid. Look at the face and say, the Lord said, do not be afraid. 
Oh, child of God, you may be afraid with sickness. Sickness may be threatening you. The life that you are living may be threatening you. But today, the word of God is saying that do not be afraid. Hallelujah. The only time you will be afraid is when you are living in sin. The only time you will be afraid is when you have not given your life to Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. That one you will and you must be afraid. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, so the, so, so, and, and the Bible says suddenly, then the angel told them this news. So, so that is the preaching of the gospel. You see, right in Genesis, the beginning of creation, the gospel was preached by God himself. And then when the New Testament was beginning, it began with the preaching of the gospel. Now, the angel is now bringing the, what God said in Genesis 3.15. That the serpent, the serpent who bruised the heel of, of the seed of the woman will strike his heel. And then, and then he said that we will also crush his head. This is Proto-Evangelion, the beginning of the manifestation of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Now, but in the New Testament, the, when he was born, the angel now said, today. Now, this one, in Genesis, it was very difficult to explain because you read it without understanding. Ah, who will we'll crush the head of the serpent? And why is the serpent going to strike my heel? Why? And that is why... Beloved, you have to be careful not to strike the heel of your brother. Because it is only the serpent, only the, the devil who strikes feet. But you as a human being, you don't strike. So when your neighbor even step on your foot, don't strike his or her feet. Because you are a child of God. Hallelujah. Look at the verse and say, don't strike my feet. Oh, tell him that we belong together. So don't strike my feet. Oh, come on, tell him. They said, when that young man wants to marry me, don't tell him not to marry me. Don't strike my feet. Come on, tell somebody that when that brother wants to employ me in his company, don't strike my feet. Can I hear somebody say, don't strike it, don't strike it. Come on, say, don't strike it, don't strike it. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So the, the angel said, so God, that is theophany. You see, this one, the theologians call it theophany. Now, theophany has to do with the manifestation of the presence of God among mankind. And in the Bible, anytime God appears, human beings are scared because it began from our great-great-grandfather. Because in the Garden of Eden, when, the, when God himself, when the Sakina glory, and when the Theophany appeared, the Bible said, Adam and Eve had to hide. So that was where it began. So anytime the Theophany presence of God comes among mankind, we have to hide. And so when the angel appeared, the Bible said the shepherd, they were afraid. That one is reasonable. Because even in Jesus, throughout the gospel, anytime he displays his power, the disciples get scared. They, are, they, they, they become afraid. But one thing Jesus keeps telling them is that be of good cheers. Be of good cheers. Now hold your friend and say be of good cheers. Tell her 2024 may be scaring, but be of good cheers. Oh, hallelujah. Life may be scaring, but God is saying that be of good cheers. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In the Old Testament, we were afraid. But in the New Testament, nobody told us not to be afraid. But God himself told us that we should not be afraid. Hallelujah. 
And so what God did was that because a son was born in humiliation, that same day, the glory of God appeared. But it did not appear in the stable. It did not appear on the manger. It did not appear in the swaddling cloth. But it appeared in the town, in the village, in the city, where the shepherds were gathered. Then the glory appeared. So even Joseph and Mary had no idea that the glory had appeared somewhere. I checked the scriptures and I realized that anytime the glory of God appears, then God is about to give a word. Anytime the word glory of God appears, then God is about to do something new. Hallelujah. Because in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible said, when God saw that there was darkness... The Bible said that God said, let there be light. So at the beginning of creation, his glory, the theophany, the Sakina glory, shine upon the universe. And since that day it shone, it has shined till today. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So God is about to glorify somebody. As we climb out this convention, and as we break forth into 2024, God is bringing you glory. Glory in the city, glory in your village, glory in your workplace. Every shame that you have been through, every humiliation that you have been through, God is bringing you glory. Lift your hand and say, Glory is coming. Come on, lift your hand and say, Glory is coming. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so Caesar had to issue a decree. But that was not the first decree. You see, Caesar issued an earthly decree, thinking that he was all in all. So he commanded. And you see, the reason why Caesar had the capacity to issue that decree, even though it was not constitutional, because according to the constitution of the Romans at that time, you are supposed to, they do, they did it every 10 years or 20 years. But he didn't wait for the next 20 years. Immediately, he issued a decree that everyone, every male, has to go return to their own hometown to be counted for tax for economic reasons. But the reason why he did that, I checked the scripture and I realized in Luke chapter 1 verse 38, after the angel had told Mary everything, Luke 1 38, after the angel had told Mary everything, this is what Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. If you understand this word, you clap your hands. Because you see, so many of us, we don't declare that may your word be to me be fulfilled. But Mary said, after everything the angel has said, Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Full, full stop. Then the angel left. Why did the Bible put then the angel left? Because he will leave anyway. Now, the angel was waiting for this word from Mary. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. The moment Mary said, May your word to me be fulfilled. Then what Mary has, was saying was that from now, make me a part of the fulfillment of the divine prophecy. 
So that word, may your word to me be fulfilled. Mary is saying that I don't know who you, what you are talking about. And I don't know where you came from. I don't know, but I know about myself that I am the Lord's servant. Oh my God. In this Christmas, may God raise some his servants. May God raise some of you to become his servants. Oh, can I hear somebody say, I am the Lord's servant. Lift your right hand and shout, I am the Lord's servant. Hold your neighbor's hand and say, you are the Lord's servant. Hallelujah. The moment she's from the very moment Mary made that declaration. Then Mary was saying that now my way is no longer my way. My thought is no longer your thought, my thoughts. What I where I will sleep is no longer my business. Everything about me now, Lord, it belongs to you. May it be to me according to your word. When whatever you have said, may it be fulfilled. So what God had to do was that because Caesar, Augustus, was not supposed to issue the decree, but because Mary had aligned herself with the fulfillment of divine prophecy, then God had to stir the spirit of Caesar Augustus. And Caesar said, everybody go to your hometown. And then listen, when Caesar said that it was only the males who were supposed to go. Because in those days, females were not counted. Besides, Mary is not even from that place. It was only Joseph's hometown. But because she was heavily pregnant, Joseph decided to go with her. And it is all because Mary has said, may your word to me be fulfilled. Am I talking to somebody? Because if there is any word over your life which has not been fulfilled, it is time for you to declare in this meeting that, oh God, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Come on, shout, I believe it. Oh, hallelujah. Because the Bible has said in antiquity, in scripture, they have said that the Savior would be a human being not an angel. The Savior will be a Jew, not a Gentile. The Savior will be from the tribe of Judah. The Savior will be in the line of David and will be born by a virgin in Bethlehem, the city of David. The Savior would be born at that part- this particular time. So there was a particular time, a specific time. So the Bible said in Galatians 4 that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born by a woman, that he may take away the sins of the world. So everything that was being orchestrated was being done by God himself because Caesar issued a decree but a superior decree in heaven had been issued already even before heaven and earth were created the lamp of God had been slain before mankind were created Jesus had already died he died in the garden of Eden in fact he died before Adam and Eve were created. Can I hear somebody shout a big amen? So God had to move Joseph and Mary 80 miles. He moved them 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem in order to fulfill a prophetic word. Hallelujah. Now, if God could move Joseph and Mary 80 miles when the wife was heavily pregnant, then what is it that he will not do for you? Hallelujah. What is it that he will not do for you? I came to declare the word of God to somebody here. Under the sound of my voice. That may that which you are waiting for. May God bring some divine shifting. May God change some locations. 
if he shifted the dwelling place of Joseph, then he can shift the dwelling place of your boss. He can shift the dwelling place of your business. He can shift where you are living right now. He can shift your destiny. Lift your voice and say, I believe it. So they move because the, the, the Messiah has to be born not anywhere, but at a particular place. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I don't seem to have much time, but you see. So the, the, the Luke chapter 2 is talking about two kings. One is Caesar Augustus, who was reigning. Who called himself the Lord of Lords. He called himself the Savior of the world. He called himself the Son of God. He was sitting on the high throne. And another Savior, another King, who is now the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. He was born and laid in a manger. My beginning may be smaller, but my latter days shall be greater. PRWC, your beginning may be smaller, ay, 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 ay. but your latter days may be greater. For your Savior has been born. For your Messiah, your Lord has been born. Lift your hand and shout, I believe it. So while Caesar was ruling, Jesus was in charge. While Caesar was sitting on a high lofty throne, the baby was controlling his life. My God, my God, you're going to do something in 2024. Some babies are going to shape your destiny. Some babies are going to change your life. So Caesar was ruling, but the baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and laid in a manger. He was in charge. Because his government shall be upon his shoulder. So it does not matter where you lay him. It does not matter where you keep him. It does not matter what you wrap him with. But what matters, according to Isaiah, that his government shall be upon his shoulder. So he'll be in the he will be laying on the manger, but he's ruling. He will be laying in the sheep pen, but he will be ruling. Wherever you keep my Lord, he is still the Messiah. Shout, he's the king of kings. Come on, shout, he's the king of kings. Oh, hallelujah. I, I love the writing of Luke, you see. I just love it. So a decree had already been gone from eternity. That a baby will be born in Bethlehem. According to the prophets. And the baby will rule. Hallelujah. But this morning, let me just... As I have finished, just a say by first ministration on Thursday. <coughs> as I have finished my introduction, let me quickly jump you to... What... Hallelujah. Let me quickly walk you through what I have for you this morning. But I hope you have gotten something already. Look at the friend and say, may it be to me according to your word. So you see, everyone needs a word. Christmas is about the word. So if you are here and you don't have a word, today God will give you a word. I said God will give you a word. Because it is the word, we live by the word. So Luke said, the baby that has been born is number one, the Savior. And the Savior, we all know that it means that the Yahweh 
is salvation. The Savior means that God himself is salvation. So Jesus means the Savior. And Jesus means God is salvation. In fact, the name Savior connects mankind to the salvation of Yahweh. That is what the name Savior does. So at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee bow and every tongue confess. At the mention of the name Jesus, on that convention ground, on that crusade ground, the drunkards are able to run to Jesus. At the mention of the name Jesus, sins are forgiven. At the mention of the name Jesus, destinies are turned around. I thought I was going to hear a better amen. Come on, so lift your right hand and shout the name Jesus. Rise your feet and shout the name Jesus. Rise your feet and shout the name Jesus. Hold your neighbor's friend and shout together, Jesus. God bless you. you. May be seated in heavenly places. So he is the one who brings salvation. What the angel told Mary in Luke 131, and what the angel told Joseph in Matthew 121. You see, Luke didn't bring Matthew, uh, Joseph into the picture. Luke didn't bring Joseph into the picture. Luke only spoke about Mary, but he, he didn't bring he didn't bring Joseph into the picture. But Matthew was interested in Joseph's ministry. And so the angel told Matthew, sorry, he told Joseph in Matthew 121 that your wife, she is pregnant. And that which is in a womb is not as a result of any man. It's by God himself. And then he continued by saying that she will give birth to a son. And you, Joseph, are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people. He didn't say he will save the people. So you are not the people of God. You are his people. So he said he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. So in Luke chapter 131 and Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, the angel is telling Mary differently and Joseph at a separate location, he was telling them the same thing. And what he's saying is that this name will signify the fulfillment of all that God has said by the prophets to bring the, the Messiah, the Savior for our sins. Hallelujah. And so you have to give him the name Jesus. Then he went on to say that he is the Christ. You see, Christ is an appellation. Christ is not his name, but his name is Jesus. So it's Jesus Christ. If you want, you can say that Christ is his surname. It tells you where he is coming from. Because in those days there were other Christ and there were other Jesuses. Because Pharaoh, uh, uh, Caesar himself, see himself as a Christ, as, as a Messiah, Christ. And so the, the angel was very particular with the sign. And so he said that he is Christ. So Christ is appellation. And Christ describes the one who has been anointed, the one who has been appointed. 
and the one who has been anointed. Now, Christ, according to the Israel, when you look at the theocratic structure of Israel, such as the way they have arranged theoretically, I mean, according to theocracy, the way they have arranged, we have the high priest, we have the king, then we have the prophet. We have the, the high priest, the prophet, and the king. So that is the theocratic structure of Israel. Now, so when we say somebody is Christ, it also means that anybody who had no earthly superior, when the Christ is walking on earth, he had no earthly superior. And he worked directly for God on behalf of mankind. Hallelujah. And the name Christ also describes one who is sovereign over all. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So you can say that even though Christ means the anointed, but you see, practically, Christ means more than the anointed one. Because it talks about the one who has been inaugurated. Christ talks about the highest earthly rank. The highest rank that anybody can get on earth is Christ. So your Lord is Christ. I said, your Lord is Christ. On earth, he has no co-equal. He carries a title, which is the highest earthly rank. And you see, according to the politics of the Romans, I've said it before, but according to their politics, when you appear and call yourself Christ, then you are causing a lot of political and theological mess. Because the Romans see politics and theology to be the same there was no difference so the caesar he shapes uh, he, he 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 shapes theology what you believe in if you are the a subject of, of of caesar you must believe his theology so theology has nothing to do with god according to the roman empire but theology has to do with the decisions and what caesar believes in and so when you call yourself Christ then you are likely to die a political death so the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross was not just an ordinary death, it was a political death that is why they took him to Pilate they took him to Caiaphas they took him to all the governors at the time of all the governors of Rome it was because he calls himself the Christ how can he be the Christ when our Christ is in Rome Caesar how can this man call himself the Christ, claiming to be the savior of the world, claiming to be the earthly, the highest earthly title? How can he? So if this is so, then he has to suffer political death. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. But whether the Romans believe it or not, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. He is the anointed Messiah. He is the anointed Christ. So he has been anointed to bring salvation unto mankind. Can I get somebody shout a big amen? amen? He is our Christ because he will forgive every sin because he is the Christ. He will heal every disease. He will heal the brokenhearted. He will rescue everyone in prison. He will, bro- he will break every chains over our hands because he is the anointed Messiah. Hallelujah. Then finally Luke said, he is the Lord. 
Somebody say he is the Lord. Say he is not just the Christ. He is not just Jesus. But he is the Lord. South he is the Lord. Now that means Adonai. And Adonai means my foundation. Adonai means the one upon whom society and nations stands. The one upon whom the universe stands. So the Lord here means Jehovah. The Lord here means he is the foundation of everything. He is the foundation. And so in the Old Testament, he revealed himself as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner, the Lord, our banner. And he also revealed himself as the Lord, my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. He also revealed himself as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. He also revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord shall provide. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, so when it is about Christmas, we remember that he is the Lord. He is my healer. He is my Jehovah Rafika. He is my righteousness. So he becomes my Jehovah Tikanu. He is my sanctifier. So he is the Jehovah Makadish. He is Jehovah. He is the Lord. Lift your hand and say, The Savior is Christ. He is the Lord. Shout a big amen. Oh, shout another big amen. When the Lord becomes your righteousness. You see, in the book of Jeremiah, where we have that name, Jehovah Tikanu. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah had been called to preach and pray. And so he had preached and he had prayed. He had fasted, but the people were not accepting his word. The people had scorned him. Sometimes they put him in the dungeon. Sometimes they lock him up. He had done all the fasting. And the people were not just giving their life to Christ. He has done all the prayers. And the people were still not. He was not getting his breakthrough. So the Bible said, when Israel was in that situation of stagnation, and when the whole of Israel, according to the book of Jeremiah, were seen to be a dead nation, the Bible says, in Jeremiah 23, the Lord gave him, Jeremiah, a word of prophecy. And he said, in Jeremiah 23, verse 5 and to 6, Jeremiah 23, 5 to 6, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up of David a righteous branch, a king who will rule wisely and do what is just and right in the land. So the Israelites may not be doing what is right and just. Don't worry, Jeremiah. You just keep on praying. But a day is coming that I will raise a branch from David. Hallelujah. Then in verse 6 he said, In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called. Let us all call the name. One, two. Let's read it again. Lift your hand and say it well. Our righteous Savior. So, 
You may be doing everything in this life. As I conclude, you may be fasting, you may be praying, you may be waiting upon the Lord. You may declare that may your word to me be fulfilled just as you have said, because I am the Lord's servant. You may have said it and still nothing will be working. But the Lord is asking me to tell you that a day is coming that you will be saved. And a day is coming that you will live in safety and abundance. And because the Savior will be called the Lord, the name that you will be called is the Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous. Oh, I said the Lord is righteous. May the righteousness of God come upon his church. We invite you to worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. Join our Wednesday service, Redemption Hour, at 9 a.m. Midweek service, Kratos, on Thursdays at 6 p.m. And Saturday morning prayers, Mount Zion, at 6 a.m. For further inquiries, please call 0277-719052. We are also live on Facebook, Twitter, and all other social media platforms. You can visit us on www.piwcatomic.org We will be glad if you worship with us. Have a glorious week. God bless you. Oh, I said the Lord is righteous. May the righteousness of God come upon his church. We invite you to worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. Join our Wednesday service, Redemption Hour at 9 a.m. Midweek service Kratos on Thursdays at 6 p.m. and Saturday morning prayers Mount Zion at 6 a.m. For further inquiries, please call 0277-719052. We are also live on Facebook, Twitter, and all other social media platforms. You can visit us on www.piwcatomic.org. We will be glad if you worship with us. Have a glorious week. God bless you. We are of waiting upon the Lord. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Apostle Tony Mensah's podcast. We hope that the teachings and insights shared have been a blessing to you and have inspired you to draw closer to God as well as live out your purpose in life. Remember that the end times are upon us and it is more important now more than ever to be grounded in the word, connected to the spirit and actively engaged in the work of the kingdom. As Apostle Tony Mensah has taught us, prayer is our greatest weapon and the Holy Spirit is our guide. We encourage you to take these teachings to heart and apply them in your daily life seeking God's wisdom and direction in all that you do. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Thank you once again for listening to Apostle Tony Mensah's podcast. We look forward to sharing more powerful teachings with you in the future. Subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages. May God bless you and keep you and may his spirit continue to lead you into all truths. Hallelujah.